second, and it is cut by Keanu. 20, 15, 10, 5, on his feet, touchdown! What a play! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Let's get you ready for BYU football. Here's the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good afternoon, BYU football fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America is the official credit union of BYU Athletics tonight. The Cougars return home in hopes of snapping a three-game losing streak as they host the Pirates of East Carolina. My name is Jason Shepard. Thank you so much for joining us for BYU football. Joining me outside here in Cougar Canyon as the Cougar Walk is literally happening in front of us. The team walking in front, all of the fans lining up on either side to get high fives. That is going on right now. Joining me, former BYU quarterback and our radio analyst, all-around stud, Riley Nelson. And look... I firmly believed we'd be talking about how BYU snapped the two-game slide and was prepping to get on an official winning streak today. That's not where we are right now, Riley. What's at stake for the Cougars tonight? Well, I think uh, prove to the, themselves first and foremost, but also all of Cougar Nation that's still here. I mean, after a three-game losing streak and on a Friday, we're just barely, you know, a lot of uh, our listeners maybe are still on the clock, right? Uh, but what's at stake is proven to themselves and – cougar and the cougar faithful that they are not the team that i think by all accounts in their own account has had a disappointing performance the last uh definitely last week but the last three weeks i think even as you look at the notre dame and arkansas games these teams felt like they didn't play up to their potential so to prove themselves that they aren't the team that's been on display the last three weeks get some momentum and mojo back into and inject it into the season where quite frankly there's a lot out there questioning whether or not they reach bowl eligibility but uh, a win tonight would go a long way in regaining some confidence and there's still a lot of game games left the whole third of the season yep. tonight being one of four to see if they can regain some momentum some confidence and uh, claim this season back all right before the cougars face the pirates let's get to our game headlines and we will start with the byu cougars as we just mentioned a three game losing streak after falling on the road in Lynchburg at Liberty 41-14 just uh, a big surprise 38 unanswered points for the Flames BYU led that game 14 to 3 and then the wheels fell off the defensive numbers listen look at this over the last two games Riley here are the defensive numbers total yards 1191 yards given up on defense Third down conversion. Opponents over the last two weeks have converted 19 of 27 third downs. And BYU's defense has given up 93 points. Those are the things that head coach Kalani Satake is trying to fix, and he's trying to fix it on the fly. Now, the offense struggled. Um, they led 14-3, to as I mentioned, shut out over the final three quarters. Honestly, though, and I don't know how you feel about this, I'm not concerned about the offense. We know what the offense can do. The, the thing that's been the norm for the offense was not last week against Liberty. I, I'm not concerned about the offense. It's the other side of the ball right now that needs the attention. I mean, maybe this is the bias in me, Shep. I'm concerned about the offense. I didn't see anything. The last two weeks, uh, Liberty and 
to Liberty's credit, I felt like they played with some pretty good intensity, and they made some halftime adjustments that really stymied them. But the tough thing for me is I'm thinking two weeks back to Arkansas when I didn't feel like Arkansas defensively was doing anything to stop the BYU offense. Rather, they were stopping themselves. The other thing is uh, is I think about who are objectively the best players on this team, and you probably go three or four players on the offensive side before you get over to the defensive side. So to me, you, you need your best players to play their best to give you a chance, whether you're, whether you're in the midst of struggling or you're at the high points of success. So I hope the offense can get back to their you know yard-gaining point-scoring ways. But as far as the defense is concerned, they're now another week into uh, what Kalani confirmed last week, uh, play, uh, play calling difference. I think we saw some scheme differences there. Look, the biggest thing for me where here's what we saw, and I'm going to take a little bit of time on this, Shep, if it's okay, but we saw this team all through practice come out and say, you know what, we feel like we got the guys to be man coverage, and if we can do man coverage, it opens up stuff for our front. The one problem is if you cannot get a pass rush on the quarterback, which this BYU defense, whether they blitz, play man, play zone, they have been unable to do. If you cannot pressure the quarterback, you can't ask. We could have NFL DBs in this backfield, and you ask them to cover for four and a half, five, six seconds, it ain't going to happen. All the quarterbacks are going to have success against them. So, item number one for me tonight uh, is find a way to play on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Find a way to get some tackles for loss. Find a way, not even get sacks, but just pressure and even hit the quarterback if you can. If that, to me, that's the first kind of brick you have to lay in the rebuilding process of this defense for the final third of the schedule well the offense is going to be without a couple of players that we at least know right now we will find out when we talk with greg a little bit later on in the show uh, what other personnel uh, situations uh, byu is dealing with today but aaron roderick the offensive coordinator said on tuesday cody epps chris brooks both out with injuries brooks not serious uh, epps at this point sort of unclear as to how much time he will miss all right, East Carolina. This is the third all-time meeting between these two teams. BYU won in Provo in 2015. ECU won in Greenville in 2017. Uh, the Pirates 5-3. and three. They've won two in a row and coming off a, a an impressive win over Central Florida. Uh, one that, uh, if you follow their social media, they, uh, they enjoyed for quite a while. Uh, and a very veteran group, this Pirate team is. Um, Holton Air... Ayler, excuse me, he is a big dual-threat quarterback. He started 45 of the 50 games dating back to 2018. Here's some offensive numbers to pay attention to in terms of top 25 rankings, offensive statistics, where the Pirates are. Passing offense, 16th. Total offense, 21st. Third down percentage, 7th. And that goes back to what we were talking about. Teams have been able to convert on third down against BYU, and ECU is a good third down team. Here's some defensive statistics where they rank in the top 25. Rush defense, they're 23rd. Pass defense, 119th. And red zone efficiency defense, they're 15th. So they're keeping opponents without a red zone touchdown 75% of the time. Uh, this is a good team that BYU better make sure that has their full attention. This is a frisky squad for sure, and what I don't like is where they're strong. BYU, as you look at it, at least on paper, they're weak. And I, I look on the film, and, uh, yeah, I, as I was able to watch a couple of their more recent games, I'm like, man, they they could give uh, the Cougars some trouble here. And I definitely know you mentioned that the games have been split. I watched uh, they, the clips from the 2015 game have been making rounds on the Internet. That was a close competitive game in yep. and of itself. And so I don't think the Pirates are scared of the Cougars or, or the you know stage of being on ESPN2 on a Friday night game. Uh, look, the reality, like I said, so, so two things. One of the things that makes you a little bit nervous is like, 
You know, they're seventh in the country at 52%, and BYU over the last three is giving up a lot more than that on third down. That could get real ugly real quick. Uh, but, um, look, BYU, as I said, the biggest against a passing attack that's very good on third down, you have to find a way to play in their backfield. So, for me, whether it's the front four or the entire front seven for the BYU defense, I think the game tonight is going to hinge on their performance. All right, coming up next, we will preview BYU versus ECU with the voice of the Pirates, Jeff Charles. He's here. He's joining us outside here in Cougar Canyon. We'll be back. We'll talk with him, and we'll get his insight into this matchup tonight as the Pirates are in town to take on the BYU Cougars. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Alongside Riley Nelson, my name is Jason Shepard. We are coming to you live from Cougar Canyon on the west side of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The matchup tonight under the lights here in Provo, BYU hosting ECU, and we're joined now by the voice of East Carolina football. His name is Jeff Charles. Jeff, thanks for joining us outside. We appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome, Jason. Good to see you. Good to see Riley, and what a gorgeous day we have for college football. Look, this we mentioned this in the first segment. Um, this is a veteran team that's coming off a pretty big win over UCF. Give our listeners a taste of what type of team this 5-3 and three Pirates team are. Well, this Pirate football team likes to pride itself on being very physical, and they like to think that they're the more physical team when they get out on the field, and that's what we have seen here of late in this two-game win streak. The win over UCF, very few times do you see a team come out and execute offensively, defensively, and in special teams really to perfection and follow the game plan exactly like the coaches have laid it out. And that's what they did last week. It was one of the best games I've ever seen East Carolina play, and I've been at East Carolina for 35 years. This is my 35th year as the voice of the Pirates, and it was one of the most complete games I've ever seen them play. And they were just hitting on all cylinders, and I think it's given them a lot of confidence coming out here and playing BYU. And the week before, they won a four-overtime game over Memphis in an American Athletic Conference game. So, you know, this is a team now that is really believing in itself. Mike Houston has come in, and he's really totally changed the culture. The Pirates were having a rough time before he got here. They had had three consecutive three and nine seasons, and he had a major rebuilding job on his hands. He has come in. And he has really put his program in place now in its fourth year. And we're seeing the Pirates now playing some pretty good football. Normally when you're taking a break from the conference schedule in uh, October, November, it's probably to have a a semi-bye week, right? You're picking up an FCS opponent. In this case, the Pirates find themselves having to travel across the country to the Mountain Time Zone and play a team in BYU that uh, is, you know, at least we'd hope. You might question it after the last couple of weeks, but is a little bit more of a stingy opponent than uh, an FCS matter. So how are, how are they handling that, knowing that they're in the middle of trying to climb the standings as high as they can within the American Conference? Well, Riley, I'll tell you one thing. It was a long plane ride out here yesterday. It was four <laughs> hours and 40 minutes through two time zones, so it took a while to get here. But we were here in 2015, so we kind of knew what to expect coming out here. But I think Mike Houston, the head coach, has done a really good job about just saying you have to go 1-0 and this week. And I think that's what they're looking to do with BYU. They have great respect for BYU and the program that you folks have had here for decades and decades. 
and it was a really good game in Greenville. It was a really good game in, in Provo when we came out here seven years ago. So I would expect another really competitive game here tonight. Let's talk about the quarterback, Holt Naylor's um, big guy, dual threat, and, and he can he can – he can hurt opposing defenses in a lot of different ways, and he's obviously, he probably already is, certainly will go down as an all-timer at East Carolina. Where do you feel he is most dangerous on the field? i tell you where he's been most dangerous here of late is when he's thrown the football because his percentage now, completion percentage, is up to 70%. And they run this RPO type of offense, and he has been in this offense so long now. This is his 46th start. He is so great at checking down and getting to the right receiver. And uh, he has a receiver here tonight that your fans will see, number five, C.J. Johnson. They've been playing together since they were in high school. They're both local kids from Greenville, and they almost have a sixth sense with each other when they're out there on the field. And Isaiah Winstead has been a really great addition to the program, too. He transferred in from Toledo, and he's got 59 catches coming into this game. And he's a tough cover as well, but Holton has been great. He's a left-handed throwing quarterback. He's really good at finding his receivers. The guys have done a great job running their routes this year, and they complement that with a good running game. They have, I think, one of the fastest players in college football in Keenan Mitchell. Uh-oh, I mean, Chris an, Johnson 2.0? I'll tell you, yeah, exactly, <laughs> Riley. He's uh, he's right there with Chris, and we know how fast Chris was. He was the fastest guy in the NFL and in college football. I'll tell you what, Keaton would give him a run for his money if they ran a 40-yard dash in their prime, and uh, and Keaton's a home run hitter. I mean, he can take it to the house anytime he gets the football, and they've got a freshman behind him who uh, has been really impressive, Marlon Gunn, and we'll probably see him here tonight as well. That was a great rundown on the offensive side of the football. Give our listeners a preview of what to expect on the defensive side of the football. Jason and I opened up the show talking about how 14 managing to score only 14 points last week was a major disappointment for this BYU offense who's trying to find their way against this pirate defense. What are they up against? Ronnie, I'll tell you what they have done, which is kind of an interesting bit of uh, philosophy with Coach Houston, is they have decided to rotate as many defensive linemen as they can during the game. They will play tonight 12 or 13 defensive linemen, with a philosophy being we rotate these guys in and out and we keep them fresh. They don't have any real superstars, I would say, up front, but they play very well together, and it's a unit that has really come on. Early in the year, they weren't getting a whole lot of sacks, and now here they are, one of the top teams in the conference as far as getting sacks. They're getting a lot more pressure. Now, I don't know how they're going to do against a big BYU offensive line here tonight, but they have done a great job here of late pressuring the quarterback. And again, uh, for Greg and and your guys, uh, you'll have to really watch out as to who is in the game because they rotate them in and out all the time, and that has been the strength. And now in the secondary, they're getting good play from a guy named Julius Wood and Jaira Wilson have both played very well in the secondary, and Jaira had an interception and also a fumble recovery last week. He's the AAC Defensive Player of the Week. So the secondary has been playing better. They have given up, as the numbers indicate. They've given up some yards through the air, but they've been really good against the run, and they've kind of sold out against the run with this defensive philosophy. BYU, as we touched on right now, is trying to get out of, of a bit of a funk right now. I don't expect anybody on the East Carolina side to say anything publicly about, you know, oh, we'd we like where we are coming into this game, anything like that that would be bulletin board material. But what are they saying coming out here facing a BYU team that is probably going to be pretty hungry? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think East Carolina feels like BYU will come out here tonight with their hair on fire because uh, they know they're 4-4 four and four and they've lost three in a row. They knew this is a huge game this season for the Cougars. So the Pirates certainly expect to get BYU's best shot. 
And I think that Coach Houston has challenged his players that you've got to match that physicality from the get-go tonight. So I think we're going to see a very physical football game and a couple of teams from uh, the very beginning, they're going to try and impose their will on each other. Who, as you've prepped for the week and you've heard the pressers and been around the program, who are they most concerned about? We've talked about the general feeling coming into this game, but have you got any sense for the coaching staff or the players saying if we – only can stop one guy tonight who's it going to be well because you guys are probably going to be two key players down from what we understand i think you probably have to focus on the quarterback jaron hall and he's certainly gotten the attention of the ecu defensive staff they're really impressed with him they know that he can hurt you throwing the ball and and running the football as well and there are some good receivers uh even though you know one of your guys epps is probably not going to play tonight so you know, they're, they're concerned about all of them. They're concerned about a very big offensive line, how the Pirates are going to match up physically against those guys. I think that's a concern coming into the game uh, for ECU defensively. And, and offensively for the Pirates, I think they feel going into the game that they've got some good matchups with their receivers against the BYU secondary. And I think they're going to try and exploit that early with the guys I mentioned, C.J. Johnson, Isaiah Winston, in particular, and what they also do, Riley, is they use their tight ends a lot to catch footballs, and a guy named Ryan Jones, number four, he's a transfer from Oklahoma, they're going to move him around all over the place. He doesn't play like a true tight end. They will move him in the slot. They'll split him out wide. He's considered Wherever they can end. put him to get that matchup, right? Wherever they can get that matchup, and uh, he's a load. He's 6'3", 247 pounds, and he can run, so you'll see him a big part of the game plan here tonight, too. Jeff, great stuff. Thank you so much for the time. We really do appreciate you coming out and hanging out with us, and have a great call tonight. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Riley. Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. There we go. He is the voice of the East Carolina Pirates. His name is Jeff Charles, and we appreciate his time. Up next in Cougar Cuts, how do the Cougars plan to turn things around? That's the big question. We'll see if we can get you some answers on the other side. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The journey begin. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. It's time for Cougar Cuts. Now, while offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick was speaking about the offense specifically, this really goes for both sides of the ball. A-Rod says the issue right now isn't scheme, it's execution, and it's confidence. I mean, I've been through some other tough times in my coaching career where, you know, a team is sort of uh, struggling and in a little bit of a slump. And, and usually, you know, most, most of those things just have to do with confidence. I mean, these are, these are college college-age guys they're you know they're big tough whatever looking dudes but every one of them just they still have their own confidence issues just like the rest of us and they still have the same insecurities and and the same you know personality things that we all have to work through in our lives and so now it's just getting our players back together we have to have a tougher more resilient mindset and then we also have to have to have more confidence in ourselves that you know we can execute our plays and get back on track because it was just you know it wasn't that long ago that we were going up and down the field against an SEC team and scoring points and this game was not about scheme this game I want to make that clear this game had nothing to do with scheme this play had to do with our mindset and our uh, ability to handle adversity what do you make of those comments Riley I don't love it well I 
I guess I got to be a little bit careful. I mean, as the guy in charge of the scheme, I you, you want every. The blame is never single pointed, right? The scheme obviously could have been better, uh, but I think what he said was obvious to both fans, players, and coaches is that for whatever reason, mentally, that was one of the biggest downturns we've seen from from this BYU staff. The scheme can always be improved. Here's a, a saying that I like, and it's actually many BYU fans are familiar with Dr. Craig Manning, who's come from BYU and he's alum and he works uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Yeah, and he's uh, he's anyway his he's a uh, mental performance coach and he says confidence comes from competence but it also but competence then fuels future confidence right so it's kind of a chicken or the egg you kind of get caught in a chicken or the egg cycle the reality is these guys just need to realize that like if you execute you will become more confident and if you're confident then you can execute then you will execute (laughs) even more right right it's a little bit of a cyclical pattern but they i the, the inverse is also true right when you begin to doubt then your com- you know then your ability to execute decreases and uh, they're they're a little bit in that cycle as uh, obviously evidenced by Aaron I I do hope they make some tweaks to the scheme one of the things that I don't like is after a 14 point performance you come out and you run the same stuff expecting a different result uh, so hopefully there's some tweaks this, to the scheme but if you had to choose between mentality coming into the game or scheme coming into the game definitely mentality would need more of a facelift than scheme would. You know, Riley, we don't normally get to hear from punters on this uh, on this program, but during this week's media availability, uh, punter Ryan Rico, I thought, hit the nail on the head with this take. It kind of comes down to, like, looking in the mirror and saying, okay, like, am, am I going to allow this to happen? Are we going to choose to crumble? Are we going to choose to rise up to the occasion? And obviously nobody chooses, like, hey, like, we're just going to give up. That is not going through anybody's mind on this team right now. That is not not the case whatsoever. And so I think it's just a lot of frustration. It's like, okay, we're not choosing this, but still the outcome has been the same the past two weeks. And so I think this week, a lot of it is going to come down to, okay, we're, we're not choosing to give up, but what are the actions that are going to back that up? We've made the choice. Now, what are we going to go and do to improve ourselves to be able to rise up to that adversity when it hits? Because I think we haven't had a lot of adversity in many moments as, as long as I've been here. And so I think this is the first real test where it's like, okay, we either got to put up or shut up. Like, let's go. Let's let's get after this thing. And we, we just got to do better, plain and simple. I couldn't agree with him more. I, I thought he really just went right to the point. And, and I think that that's kind of what this boils down to. And we've heard other players say similar things that, look, you know, we, we can't worry about everything. We've got to worry about what we know we're supposed to do. If we're doing, we hear the, the phrase, the 111th, everybody's got to do their part for the collective to be successful. I, that sounds like a guy who's tired about talking about it, right? He's He wants to go out and prove it. And honestly, I think this is kind of the last chance before this BYU team in the man, minds of many is written off. We, we've heard enough coaches speak. We've heard that, you know, they've won the press conferences. For the large part, they've said everything we wanted them to say. And as much as, it, as much as I love that Rico was able to distill everything down to simply we have to make a choice to prepare better and then ultimately come out and play better, that's all well and good. But you need to follow it up with your actions. And uh, I've been on teams where uh, we've been able to do that successfully and turn it around. 2010 comes to mind. We're, we were 2-4 and four, uh, and then ended up finishing the season 7-6. and uh, seven and, six. and then I've also been on other teams where we had that going and it ended up finishing well below 500. And 
and uh, continue to struggle. And no matter, even though we kept that kind of rhetoric going in the locker room and amongst ourselves, people tuned it out and stopped listening. Quite honestly, you as a player stopped believing it uh, because you can only say it so many times right. without backing it up before it just becomes empty words. All right, ECU is a veteran team with a quarterback that, let's be honest, has probably seen it all. He's been there since 2018. Head coach Kalani Satake talks about facing this pirate offense. This uh, offense that we're going against this week is a little unique. It's a little different. They have some, you can see their past games has some air raid uh, type of like a background in there, and, uh, but they also have a big old line and, and, and physical line. They can run the ball. So uh, we'll, we'll have to be able to handle both things and then be able to handle the balance that they bring. And then they have a really experienced quarterback that's been around for many years and he's got a strong arm and, and he's actually really big and run the ball himself too. So this is another opportunity for us to take on a, a big quarterback that can run, that has a lot of experience. And, and it's another opportunity for the guys to uh, show a lot better than they have especially in the last couple weeks that was head coach Kalani Satake discussing the pirate offense and look you know this is the BYU defense is going to be tested every week everybody knows what is on tape and and what the defense has looked like the last couple of weeks I'm I'm very curious now with a full week under coach satake because you know he reiterated at the beginning at the beginning of the week he's the one that's calling the plays right now elisa tuiaki full-time defensive line coach so that's what he's focusing on is helping out the defensive line so all of the plays he says i'm gonna i'm i'm drawing up the plays i'm putting in the personnel i'm curious what the defense looks like now with a full week with kalani at the helm you can only hope a better i mean we've we've Coach Satake has been the leader of this program for long enough to know that he is a man of substance, right? He's an incredible leader. He's an incredible motivator. And you've got to imagine that the more time he spends in a higher or, or in a role where his influence is more directly directed at, at players rather than being a, you know, more of a head coach and a program CEO, uh, you've got to imagine that the performance is going to uh, improve. One of the things that makes me a little bit nervous is like, and and look, throughout the rest of the season, it's not going to get that much easier. But we had Jeff Charles, the East Carolina play-by-play guy, who sit here and tell us that, uh, you know, the QB hardly ever makes any mistakes in the RPO game, which is a scheme that BYU has typically struggled with. And they've got dudes in the backfield who might rival Chris Johnson as yeah. far as speed goes, yeah. right? So the task is not easy. But uh, if anybody can get these boys up and ready for the task, it's Coach Satake. Look, I don't know what this is like. Riley certainly has a, a pretty decent idea what this is like. But what is it like to have the entire opposing team zeroing in on you and you only? I, I will ask uh, returner Hobbs Nyberg next in Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America is the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Tonight, the BYU Cougars looking to snap a three-game losing streak hosting the East Carolina Pirates. Hobbs Nyberg is in his third season with the BYU football team. The former baseball player turned returner tied his career high with a 42-yard return against Notre Dame a few weeks back in Las Vegas. Hobbs is my guest for this week's edition of Shep Talk, and I asked Hobbs how crazy is it that he's already been three years into his football life. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy, to, especially when you say three years, because 
it hasn't felt like I've been gone that long just because time flies when you're having fun and playing college sports is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And when I look, see you, it seems like just yesterday I was trying out baseball and playing at freaking Miller Park. So, and look, I realize it's been a couple of seasons and I know you've talked about this, but for those that may be tuning in for the first time, go through a little bit of the, your decision and, and why you decided to go down this path with football, where you're all in with football and left baseball behind. Um, so yeah, originally out of high school, I thought, cause I always wanted to play both out of high school, but I had a really good opportunity to play baseball here and love the coaches. So I got up here and I love playing baseball. I was having fun and I love the coaches. They're great people. And I love being a part of the team, but there was something that I just, I felt like I was missing out and I really started missing football just a lot. Like I was having fun playing baseball, but something just was like, I wasn't really fulfilling what I thought my college time would be. And my heart just kept telling me, you got to get back to football. And that's when I just kind of got with my family and we decided that it would be best and best for my happiness to try out football. Cause that was something I felt like I would have regretted my whole life, not trying out football in college and the rest has just been a blessing. All right, well, let's focus on the gridiron stuff. Take me through what it takes to be a good returner. Um, That's a tough question. Cause I don't know exactly what you would consider a good returner, but for me at punt return, at least I'd say you got to be consistent in catching the ball. Cause it's pretty a lot of stress is put on us back there to catch the punts in tight games. And sometimes the weather can be moving the ball around when it's kicked up there. But I genuinely just try to set up a good return for the offense. Like some people, every 10 yards is a first down for the offense. So if I can just have an opportunity to not fair catch it and get some momentum for the offense, then I would consider that a pretty good returner, but try to do my job well and try to get some motivation for our offense to get going. What's it like for you when you're a punt returner and you're ready to catch the ball? You're literally the one guy on the field that the entire opposition is trying to go after. Like psychologically, like that's got to be pretty intimidating, right? Or do you not even think about that? I guess I'm probably putting my own feelings on you and how how nervous I would be with the entire team coming right at me. No, for sure. It is. There is many times. Yeah. If it's a closer game and big game, you feel more of the adrenaline, but I feel like I feel that more when I'm running out there on the field, I'm like, Oh, this is a big moment. But one that's really time. That's when I just kind of tune out what's going on. Cause if I think about all the what ifs and like, just don't drop this. That's when I feel like I tend to struggle. So when I just can block it out and, tell myself little cues like I got this I'm gonna make a good play you were born for this just little like cues like that I feel like it helps me stay a lot more focused on just catching the ball and not worrying about the people running at me coming full speed you guys right now are on a three-game losing streak with scrutiny coming from all directions how do you tune that out and focus on the task at hand it's hard when everyone is kind of saying there's so many things wrong with this, that people and the fans don't really understand that us as a team, we don't, we aren't happy or satisfied with the way we've been playing either. And this is just the time where I feel like we just need to come together as one and not worry about all the noise and fall into that because we've had very successful seasons and games. So this is a time I feel like we can just come together really as a team as one and know that we just got to trust one another because the talent's there. We have great coaches great players. And I feel like we just are on a little bumpy road and I feel like we're going to turn that around soon. 
what do you think is more important right now for the leaders on the team? Is it stepping up on the field or is it stepping up off the field? Because I know some of your teammates have talked about how, you know, the leaders of this team after the loss to Liberty, you know, Puka was mentioned as a guy that, you know, talked to the team and, you know, standing up as a leader, which is more important right now, the leadership on the field or off the field right now to turn this around? A little bit of both. We have a lot of leaders on this team. There's not just one specific guy that is always the one talking, but I feel like it's going to start at the beginning of the week is it, I feel like it'll start more just in the meetings and position groups that we do need. They just need to talk and vocalize. Like we need to become closer to one another, but also I feel like, yeah, we all do got to start producing and not blaming others for who needs to step up. Who's this? I feel like if everyone just focus on their specific job and play for the guy next to them and do your individual job good, that, we're going to turn it around quick, and I hope it's this Friday. There are tangible things that you obviously are still playing for. Obviously, bowl eligibility, that's a goal that I know is a goal for you guys every year. That's still out there. What are you guys playing for? Is it those tangible goals, or is it just to get better play-by-play? Of course, like you said, we got our team goals, and bowl, bowl eligible is one of those. But I feel like our real goal is we got to win this week, and we can't worry about our past we can't worry about future games. It's just we need to figure out our identity and get to playing our football and focus on one win at a time and get ready for this Friday to get that win. And don't worry about any other noise that's in the outside or future and just get better each day this week and try to get a win Friday. All right, Hobbs, let's wrap things up with the final four questions. Your favorite class at BYU is what? That's a tough one because I've enjoyed many classes, but one class that I really enjoyed that I feel like helps me translate a lot of things to on the field is Dr. Manning's sports psychology class, just because it teaches you a lot of ways to like good self-talk and belief and skills that help you perform better on the field to stay mentally strong and tough. Now, I know he also works with uh, with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, are you hoping one day maybe you get like a special guest in the class and Giannis will show up? Yeah, that would be awesome. But <laughs> I, I don't even think he has a class in person anymore because he is full time with the Bucks. So I think it's just online. But that was for sure one of my most enjoyable classes that I've taken so far. In general, which is better, the book or the movie? I would say a movie for me just because I'm not a huge fan of reading, but I feel like the movie, just being able to see it and kind of feel like you're inside of the the movie is better for me. Amen, brother. You were on the same page with that one. All right. uh, What's the first thing you would buy if you inherited a million dollars? Probably some property. You being smart, investing in property. Uh, That and some guns. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. All right. Last question. What will you remember most about the era of independence? Um, Just being able to schedule any game we want, probably. Just being able to have different teams from all different conferences, be able to come to our place and being able to go experience other people's conferences and what it's like. Just having a whole variety of different conferences and teams coming in and out of our stadium and going to theirs. So that'll probably be what I'll miss out most is we'll just get used to playing the same teams, but it's been a fun ride for sure. Hobbs, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. It's always great to talk to you. Always great to see you when I see you on campus. Continued success and uh, looking forward to this weekend uh, against East Carolina. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. That was Hobbs Nyberg. Appreciate him taking a few minutes this week for Shep Talk. Coming up next, it was a shootout in the Lone Star State. We head to South Texas 
for this week's look back on the best wins of independence. You're tuned into Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You heard the man. This is Cougar Pregame Live. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. And today's best wins of independence matchup features soon-to-be conference opponents back when BYU faced Houston in Houston. The date was October 19th, 2013. The site, Reliant Stadium in Houston, Texas. If you like offense, then this was certainly the game for you. BYU entered this game with a record of 4-2. and two. BYU and Houston spent the entire game throwing offensive punches only to have the other side punch right back. Trailing 46-41 with a minute 50 left in the game, the great Taysom Hill and Skylar Ridley went to work. Hill found Ridley for an 11-yard go-ahead touchdown with a minute and eight seconds left. The game was sealed when Alani Fua intercepted John O'Corn. Hill would finish that game 29 for 44 for a career-high 417 yards passing and a career-high four touchdowns. He also added 128 yards rushing. Just an unbelievable performance from Taysom. BYU gained 683 yards of total offense and set school records with 41 first downs and 115 total plays in the victory, 47-46 BYU. Let's listen. Here is the voice of the Cougars. BYU trying to win its four straight after a one and two start as they come into Houston for this Saturday afternoon matchup. And Taysom Hill starts with a straight drop and a throw for Cody Hoffman, who moves into his lonesome for first place in BYU history and receptions 222 now. First run play. He'll swing it back to Jamal Williams. What a start for BYU! Deep drop on first down. Hill throwing one, has a wide open Mitch Matthews setting up first down to the 21. A 41-yarder would be a season long. And BYU with scores on back-to-back drives to begin this game. They bring pressure on first down. Hill booting, looking to the end zone. It's Oppo one more time. They bring just three on second down. O'Corn down the sideline gets picked off by Sorensen. And Sorensen back inside the 25. Hill booting into the end zone. Picked off again. This one from 29. And a tie game. Scrambling, throwing, end zone. Green Bay, touchdown Houston. Jamal Williams plunges in. Touchdown, BYU. Second down out of the break. Hill is pressure. Steps out of it. Finds Friel his tight end for his first catch of the season. More pressure. Hill to the end zone. Hoffman makes the catch. Touchdown, BYU. 
They bring five. O'Korn in trouble. And sacked back at the 25. Eight in coverage. Hill scans the field. Has a wide open man. Skyler Ridley to the 20. Presser. In zone. It's caught. Touchdown BYU. Donna Korn goes to work. Into coverage and picked off. Alani Fua. BYU when it's four straight and Ann Houston its first loss of the 2013 season. What a game here in Houston this afternoon. That was obviously the ESPN play-by-play, but uh, Riley, I, I take 683 yards of total offense today. How about you? Yeah, I, I and I'll take a combined 87. <laughs> Wait, no, sorry, we scored, so it ended up. I'll take you know 90 plus points. Just I want them more. Uh, I don't want them as equitably distributed. I'd like them more to be on the I see, home, I see uh, the what home team side of the scoreboard. I see what you, that was one of the fun games. I mean, it's also we say fun. But it's also one of those ones that will give fans a heart attack just back and forth. It gives the fans a heart attack. And I was listening to a podcast. Chris uh, Chris Peterson described uh, his coaching experience, how it was so hard in games like that. You win a shootout, and the whole defensive staff is just mad. The players are okay because the players want wins, but the staff just feel like they completely failed, right? Giving up 40-plus points, couldn't stop a soul. And then, likewise, in defensive shootouts, you know, when a team maybe – or in defensive struggles, when a team only manages seven or 10 or or 13 points and happens to win the game the whole offensive staff you know is just trying to crawl under a rock but that was one of those games where maybe bronco and and or nick hal and that defensive staff uh wasn't that but i was in a couple of shootouts with bronco and he was always just happy to get the win as was uh, and and that was definitely a memorable one down there in reliance stadium all right coming up next we will visit with the voice greg rubel is here We'll get uh, our conversation with him on the other side. Cougar pregame live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Welcome back to Cougar Pre-Game Live. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Coming to you live from the west side of Lavelle Edwards Stadium out in Cougar Canyon, the voice of the Cougars. Greg Rubel has joined us. Hello, Greg. How are you tonight? Hi, Shep. I'm very, very well. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. So, look, normally, and we'll get to this certainly, normally my first question is about personnel, but I, I want to go here for a minute. What's your surprise level right now that we're 4-4 four and four right now in terms of you know this season? Well, from 4-1... and one, the surprise level's high. Um, I, I think getting through September at 4-1, and one, I think raised everyone's hopes naturally that this could be a special season-type team for BYU. hasn't turned out that way. Uh, again, winless Octobers are rare. Uh, there, I tweeted this, but there have been, I think, three in the last 50 years, 1973, 1993, and 2014. So uh, these don't come along too often. But after a four-win September, four-win Septembers are almost as rare as winless Octobers, and to have both happen back-to-back is truly unusual with the same team. Now, I say the same team. What's maybe surprising, not surprising, is just how hard BYU's been hit by injuries. Yes. Uh, because it seems like this is kind of an annual conversation. And we, we do enough prep for the other teams to realize that it doesn't seem like 
BYU's opponents at this time of year are as hard hit in as many key areas as BYU ends up being. But when you're playing an ECU team that is all about firepower, uh, you, you've already heard from ECU's broadcaster with Holton Aylers and Winstead and Johnson and Mitchell, you know, just, just those four players alone, they don't have to rely on much more beyond those four guys, and they get a lot of offensive punch out of that group. So when you're playing a group as prolific as ACU on offense, you'd like to have, uh, you know, more, uh, more, more. Is it arrows in the quiver? I think is the, is, yeah. the, is, is is the phrase. And yet you're not going to have Cody Epps who leads your team in receiving yards. You're not going to have Chris Brooks who leads your team in rushing yards. You're probably not going to have Gunnar Romney for yet another game. And defensively, you're already down Peyton Wilgar. You're also now gonna, now going to be down Max Tooley. So two of your three best linebackers are out as well against a really good offensive team. So things are stacking up against BYU at this point. So this is this is this, this is a a. a uh, uh, kind of a, a bellwether game for the season. Where does BYU go from here could be determined on this Friday night. If you win, you've essentially assured that you're going to be playing in a bowl game because you're going to beat the FCS team Utah Tech. That's fair to say. No disrespect. That's the that's game you expect to have. That's your six wins if you get this one tonight. If you don't win tonight, you have to go to Boise playing its last scheduled game against yeah. BYU on the blue, no less, and they're looking more like Boise again. So things go from tough to tougher in some ways if you don't get tonight. And that means, of course, you have to win out to get bowl eligible, which would mean winning not only against Utah Tech but then beating Stanford at Stanford in a game that they might need to win yeah. to get bowl eligible at the end of the year. So that's, again, a month away. But that said, that's how big tonight is. A lot kind of right. And then beyond that, you know, with coaches telling us earlier in the week, just admitting that confidence is waning in this team and in this program, they need a successful outcome, a successful result. And it's as tough a challenge as you could hope to get right now because ECU is that good. They're good. They're good enough to beat BYU, yes. right? Uh, they're five and three. They've won two in a row. Uh, they played uh, an ACC team to a one-point game earlier in the year in, in NC State. And again, they're kind of firing on all cylinders right now on offense. And again, no one knows the name Holton Aylers outside of Greenville. Very few do, but he is he's legit. He, I mean, he's he, he's an all-timer in that conference yes. and in that program. Yes. And they've had good football players for a long time. And so, a uh, very very tough task, a stern challenge tonight. And I'm very very genuinely curious to see how BYU responds uh, to what's in front of them. During COVID- long answer to your question. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's what we pay you for, <laughs> the, the long but informative answers. So during Cougar Cuts, Coach, Coach Roderick mentioned that the scheme wasn't the issue. It was the mentality heading into the game and the execution of the scheme. However, so that's the offensive side of the ball. I'd hope he'd throw in a few wrinkles because uh, it's not always uh, one or the other. I wish it were that clean. But on the defensive side of the ball, there was a noticeable scheme change. Uh, Jason just mentioned this last segment. Another week under Coach Tuiaki focusing exclusively on the defensive line and Coach Sitake preparing uh, the defensive play calls. What do you expect in terms of scheme adjustment, if any? Well, you're down Max Tooley. And, and, and already Peyton Wilgar. And so you're starting Bywater in Peely and now Chaz Ayu. So Chaz Ayu goes from not even expected to play by most out there to now getting a star. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. We apologize for the technical glitch. We are back on, coming to you live from Cougar Canyon with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, who was going over some personnel issues and some changes defensively, uh, schematically. Right. Not exactly sure what was heard and not heard, but uh, essentially with uh, with Max Tooley out, Chaz Ayu gets a start at linebacker. Pepe Tonovasa uh, moves from uh, uh, kind of a hybrid to more of a DN tonight. And the uh, part that didn't get on was George Udo could see himself maybe uh, floating back into a linebacker position at time as he's a very versatile defensive back slash 
Packer. So we'll see how things shake out when the snap uh, hits tonight around 6.05 defensively for BYU. That's what they're, what they're looking at. We talked about the offense already. Uh, Miles Davis and Lopini Katoa expected to carry the load. Kalani did say in our pregame chat that uh, Mason Fakahua could also see some snaps for BYU with no Chris Brooks. Brooks available tonight. At wide receiver, uh, Puka Nakua, Keanu Hill, Braden Cosper, Chase Roberts have to carry the load, those four guys. But that's uh, that, that's all essentially ECU's using right now uh, is four wide receivers. So BYU has enough to get the job done there. Let's see how uh, how uh, Jaron Hall responds after uh, you know kind of a shaky outing for, for him last week. Um, started really well. Yes, he did. And so uh, we'll see uh, how, how Jaron bounces back today. Football is a game that it requires an investment of just not just your physical but your mental and emotional investment. I one of the things give us give the listeners a peek behind the mic as I've followed the press conferences and the interviews. It's, I get the same old cliched answer, which are okay. You don't want extra. You don't want to add extra distractions, especially when things by putting stuff out in the media that boomerang back on you. But t- giving the listeners a peek behind. Have you sensed uh, more motivation or more passion? Guys getting angry or guys, you know, putting in the extra. Yeah, it may, it may have taken getting to four and four, and it may have also taken Kalani calling the plays last week and the players realizing it wasn't a magic a magic bullet. Yeah, uh, that might have been. I'm not saying it's a blessing in disguise, but you know, not not a lot changed in terms of defensive performance with Kalani taking over the headset last week, and maybe that was good for these players to see that it really does come down to to, to you, not the coaches calling the plays. It's down to the players themselves, and maybe it took four and four to feel backed against a corner, backed into a corner. But I think that's how they feel right now. And and there's been a lot more talk this week, guys, about noise, external stuff, yeah. and and so you almost sense that well, it's it's us against the world now. Maybe not everybody's still with us, and let's go show them. And so whatever it takes. You know, ho- hopefully that 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 uh, results in the outcome BYU desires tonight. Greg, thank you so much for the time. Riley, we'll let you go as well. Well, you guys can head back upstairs and uh, get ready for your uh, portion of uh, pregame show continuing. I'll uh, handle things down here. Mitchell Jerkins is going to join me on the other side. Thanks, Shep. We'll see you upstairs in a bit. Thank you, guys. Okay. Appreciate it. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson. They are on their way upstairs. You'll hear from them coming up in about twenty-five minutes. Coming up on the other side, Mitchell Jurgens will join me. But first, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Riley's on his way into the stadium. Jason Shepard coming to you live from Cougar Canyon to the west side of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This is Cougar Pregame Live. It's presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America is the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The Cougars looking to snap a three-game losing streak tonight, hosting the ECU Pirates here in beautiful Provo, Utah. Joined now by former wide receiver and our sideline reporter, Mitchell Jurgens. You're looking good, man. I, uh, first of all, I like the shoes. You got the, you got the royal shoes going with the royal top. Looking good. And you're going to need some layers tonight, it looks like, as well. I've, I've got some layers, so. <laughs> I've got the. I've actually. These are my. These are my warm game tights that I actually had as a player. Okay. That I've got under. So I'm, I thought I'm, about going the tight route, but I'll be upstairs, so it'd be. You'll, you'll be just. I'll fine. be fine. Yeah. And that was not a. That was not like a humble brag that I was inside. I. I did think about it, but I decided against it. Uh, okay. So let's go here, and I, I made this comment um, to Riley earlier. Yes, the offense had a bad day. But I'm not worried about that side of the ball. Riley, 
disagreed with me. He thinks there's room for concern. Look, and, and nobody wants to see what happened where you get, you know, you go three straight quarters where you don't score and 38 unanswered. But I, I just, I feel like what I've seen from the BYU offense, I know what I'm getting. That was the anomaly to me at Liberty. So we've seen what they can do. The defense, however, just doesn't seem to have the answers. Is there time left in the season to turn it around? Yeah, and, well, that's a good question because it, it totally depends on how you look at time, right? Um, some may say, well, it's, it's too late. Are right? you going we interstellar on me? Who knows? Okay. You know, who knows? It's, uh, it's up for interpretation. Um, but it depends on how you look at it, right? Because in reality, nobody, after the 4-1 start, you heard Greg talk about it, nobody expected a 4-4 four four, um, record at this point based on how they started. And so, uh, you know, yes, there's, there's always still time to finish, but you've got to look at it as, okay, this BYU team, if they correct things, this is a potentially eight or nine win season, which in reality against the schedule they had is still a respectable record heading into the Big 12 to get eight or nine wins, which is in that upper upper tier uh, of wins. And so um, with that said, yes, there's time because we heard Aaron Roderick talk, talk about it. It's not necessarily scheme. It's more effort, mentality. Um, he said he used it, confidence. Confidence as yeah. well. Um, but I would say the same thing for the defense. That's what I'm seeing. It's it's winning one-on-one matchups. It's being disciplined to, to do your job, right? We hear um, we, we hear Kalani talk about it. The players say do their 111th. And, and we've seen this so far during the season that it's players trying to do too much and then they get themselves in trouble. And so can they do it? Yes, because I think it comes down to preparation. These are things that it's not, you know, if, if you don't look at a schematic issue, um, which could be part of the problem, and we'll see as, as Kalani enters a second game calling the defensive plays. Um, I have confidence in him being able to deliver on that. Um, but it comes down to effort, and that can effort, mentality, confidence, and that is you can you can prepare yourself with a good week of preparation to put yourself in a position to, to flip the script and finish the season strong. All right, so in your opinion, prioritize what's most important for this team right now to get back on track. Yeah, so number one, I would say execution. Um, we've, we've seen a lack of execution just in all aspects, right? We talk about one-on-one matchups. Early in the season, the receivers, and, and even kind of throughout the season, the receivers have been a focal point on the offense. And last or the last two weeks, we haven't seen separation uh, from the receivers. They need to, you know, with Jaron maybe a little bit more banged up than usual, they've got to do their best to create or to give him the best opportunity. And that's, hey, create more space so Jaron doesn't have to be precise and perfect in every single throw. Um, so execution, I'm going to catch the ball, win on third and fourth down. Um, the, the third down percentages, both from the offensive side and the defensive side, just hasn't been where it needs to be to win, to consistently win football games. Um, number two, I'm going to say physicality. Um, I think there's just, it, it seems like a lack of physicality and whether that is mindset or effort. Um, these, I mean, we've seen it. We saw it against USF. We saw it against Baylor. This team can bring it. And, you know, I haven't seen much of that. So they've got to, they've got to fix, you know, come out, be physical, um, especially, you know, in the trenches. Um, so that'd be the second thing. And the third thing is it's, it's got to be discipline. Um, assignment sound football on the defensive side, right? If you've got containment, um, stick to that contain. Don't try and again do too much. Do your job. Um, stay assignment sound and be disciplined. And, uh, you know, it's, it, that is always going to be a recipe for success. So Puka Nakua has been used in several ways offensively. And quite frankly, I mean, I love the idea. Look, you've got a weapon here. You've got a guy that can do multiple things. 
why not put him in different situations? Because you, you, you want to have your best players put in situations where they can help you. If that means that he's running the football, maybe he's running the football. We've seen a lot of you know jet sweeps and whatnot where he's had a lot of, of success. What is his value right now to the offense? Yeah, right. I mean, right now it's incredibly valuable. Um, if if well, it's a, it's an interesting thing to look at because if you it, the games that Puka's played in, they've actually had a worse record than when Puka hasn't played, which which you typically wouldn't see with right. your best basically your best weapon on offense outside of Jaron Hall, um, and and so it. it on paper, it doesn't really make sense. However, it's incredibly valuable, especially the fact that we, you know, we heard from Greg that, and earlier this week, that Cody Epps wouldn't be playing. Chris Brooks isn't going to play. Um, Gunnar Romney is probably going to be shelved. And and so with with more weapons out, um, the benefit that this team has had on the offensive side is there's been a lot of depth. But without that depth and a healthy Pukunakua, you've got to rely on him a lot. Um, and so I think, um, I mean, he's extremely valuable to this team. Um, I expect. I mean, I mean, you could see 15 plus touches um, in a game like today in a high-powered offense, um, or against a high-powered offense. So the offense is going to have have to get going for BYU, and I'm guessing that we're going to see quite a few touches, a lot of looks, a lot of those being on third and fourth down to Puka, as he is your right now your most reliable playmaker who you're going to need to rely on to move the sticks. All right, last question for you: What's the matchup? that you're focused on tonight what's the one that you're like okay this is probably where this game hinges yeah it's i mean it's a pretty generic answer but um i'm gonna just say the byu defense first the ecu offense um (laughs) and and i know it's generic but But it's probably spot on there's so much to watch here and digest i mean when you look at obviously the the past three weeks the defense has struggled um you know pretty mightily and it's it's their lack of ability to do the basics, the fundamentals, um, tackling, right? One-on-one matchups. There were times last week that, you know, players had an opportunity for a tackle for lost or a very minimal game. They're missing tackles and, you know, busting out bigger gains because of that. And so you've got to be disciplined, um, you know, and, and, and just win those one-on-one matchups to make the tackles. Um, I expect a lot of pursuit. Um, it, players have reported that this that Mitchell's going to be the fastest running back that they've seen um, all year, which is pretty surprising considering how fast those Oregon there's, running backs were. Yeah, there's um, some players and, that BYU's face that's had speed. There's it, no question. Exactly. And so with how fast he is, um, you have to be buttoned up on your pursuit because if he gets the edge and a player misses a tackle and you've got defensive players lagging in their um, in their pursuit, then those gains could turn into much bigger gains that's going to do some damage to the defense. Um, and so that I, I'm, I'm watching that. Obviously, they, they throw the ball really well, and so the secondary is going to have to step up. The pass rush, put some pressure, get um, get uh, Ehlers uncomfortable so that he can't um, you know just pick apart the BYU defense that we've seen in the past. And then lastly, again, Kalani's calling the, the defense for the second time. Um, I want to see some improvement there, and, and we'll see you know what, what Kalani's going to wrinkle up. I mean, I have full confidence in what, what he's doing and his vision for the defense, and I'm excited to see him kind of have one week under his belt to, to learn and improve from and, and see. I expect to see some wrinkles, and, and we'll see what happens. It's kind of crazy when the schedule comes out and you, you look at it and you're like, you know, you kind of play the win-loss, win-loss game. Game, you know, and oh, the big opponent, big opponent. Uh, the, the the East Carolina game was was not any game that anybody circled and was like, oh, that's going to be a big game. 
it's turning out to be a massive game. No, it's going to be a massive game, and, and I, I do. I, I expect a very similar feel to the BYU-Arkansas game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm taking the over on, on how many points <laughs> are scored today because I think that's what it's going to come down to, which it could be a couple key defensive stops that yep. prove to be, you know, you asked about what matchup am I watching. It could be a few, def- uh, a few key defensive stops for BYU that turns this game in BYU's favor. Mitchell, great stuff, man. Appreciate the time. We'll let you uh, get in and uh, get some food before uh, before you have to head back outside for, for the uh, for the call tonight. Thanks, man. I always appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. There we go. The great Mitchell Jurgens. You'll hear him on the broadcast, roaming the sidelines tonight on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. On the other side, what does Pirate head coach Mike Houston think about BYU's recent struggles? That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. We're getting you ready for BYU and East Carolina. Earlier this week, I talked with the head coach of the Pirates, Mike Houston, at 5-3. and three, I asked him how he views his team from the standpoint of where he would want them to be through eight games. Well, I think it's it's where we are through eight games. You know, Bill Parcells, uh, you know, his his whole thing was you are what your record says you are. So, uh, you know, we're five and three uh, coming off of a big win at home. Obviously, we're playing better right now, more consistently right now than we maybe have at earlier points in the season. Um, you know, we had a couple of very tough, extremely close losses. You know, it's you can sit here and play the coulda, shoulda, woulda. I'm sure you guys are doing the same thing. But, uh, you know, you are what your record says you are. And so that's where we are after eight games. You have a pretty veteran group. How has that manifested itself on the field this year? Well, I think it's the group we have this year is a culmination of the first three years, you know, uh, coming in and, and taking over a program that was on the rocks and, you know, the roster was not in good shape and just, you know, culturally and everything here, it was, you know, probably at its low point in in the program's history. And so uh, the group that's going to, you know, be on that field Friday night, those group of seniors and, uh, and juniors, uh, you know, those guys have been the ones that have, you know, worked very hard to turn things around and uh, bring the program to where it is today. You know, we're not finished yet. We, you know, we have not reached our potential. We have not achieved the goals that we've set. Uh, but I think we've uh, we've built a very solid program. Uh, and I think it's because of those older players. And, uh, you know, they've got a lot of pride in what they've done. They have a chip on their shoulder about, uh, you know, continuing to elevate the program. Uh, but I think they're just they're, they're really solid guys, proud of the character of our uh, roster uh, and the way the kids work and the way they compete and the way they represent our, our program and our university. So, uh, you know, those older guys are very important to me. A lot of those characteristics that you were just talking about in terms of the group really uh, stand true with your quarterback. He's been doing his thing in a Pirates uniform and doing it well for quite a while. Tell BYU fans about uh, about Holden Naylor's. Well, he was sitting, he was a freshman sitting on the front row the, the night I met the team for the first time uh, in the winter of 2018-2019. Uh, so uh, I remember him standing right behind the cameras uh, at my introductory press conference. And I didn't know a whole lot about our roster, but I knew that there was a freshman quarterback here that was supposed to be pretty good. So he's kind of been the, the steady. You know, he started every game of my time here. He's consistently improved uh, year after year. You know, he's going to leave here owning uh, every record 
statistically for the quarterback position that there is uh, at our school and and probably in the American Conference. And so I just think his durability, you know, his you know improvement has kind of mirrored uh, the program. And uh, you know, certainly he's he's the kind of individual you want. Uh, representing your program too, he's he's as high a character as as you could ask a a 22 year old young man to be. He's great in our community here. A strong Christian young man that uses his platform to uh, share his faith, uh, and I respect him and and the way he goes about uh, everything he does uh, tremendously. BYU on a bit of a slide right now, having lost three in a row. What are your thoughts on this BYU team you'll face? Well, I think that uh, just a few weeks ago, they were ranked, I think, 12th in the country or something like that. There's obviously a reason they were ranked that high. Uh, You know, you look at them, you know, individually across the board, and it's a very talented roster. You know, they're coming off of probably their worst game of the year. I I can't answer why. Uh, because you watch the other games and, you know, uh, I was watching the Arkansas game this morning and it's 38-35 late in the third quarter. Uh, you know, you're watching, you know, the wins over Wyoming, the win over Baylor. And this is a very talented football team. You know, there's been some injuries that have, you know, caused some guys not to be on the field. But I think that it's a group that is very capable and extremely talented. I'm, I'm very impressed with their fronts. I'll tell you, 92 on defense uh, for a kid that size to be able to move the way he does is pretty rare. And uh, I just think you got so many guys like that. I was going over, just going kind of down your your roster offensively with the, the previous guy that was on here. And, you know, you have a lot of guys that are NFL prototypes uh, across the boards. So dangerous bunch. Uh, I'm sure that uh, coach is going to uh, ready to go Friday night and we're going into a very challenging environment. And uh, I expect to see the, the team that, uh, you know, BYU fans uh, thought they would be this year, Friday night. It's a short week, obviously. Both right. teams have to deal with that. <laughs> right. But th- what are the challenges of not only the short week, but for you having to travel two time zones, the logistical challenges of that? Well, it is what it is. You know, we had a late game Saturday night. So, you know, Sunday, uh, you come in and really Sunday is not Sunday. Sunday's Monday. Uh, so we, you know, had a very light day with our kids on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and then, you know, Monday was Tuesday. Uh, you know, we had to ship our pads and everything out, you know, last night to get it there on time. So, but my big focus is getting our kids recovered from last weekend without the one extra day right there. You know, the, the plane flight is what it is. You know, you just, you guys just had it. You know, you flew to Liberty, which is just up the road from us. So uh, you understand what it is. Uh, You got to be able to handle that. You got to be able to handle, you know, Friday night in Provo, Utah, uh, which we're expecting 60,000 plus and we're expecting it to be very rowdy and not a whole lot of people out there pulling for the purple and gold. So, you know, it's it's going to be a challenge for us. But uh, you mentioned it a while ago. We do have a, a pretty mature veteran football team. Uh, and some guys that have been through a lot of battles. And so that's my big thing with them, being just very transparent with them of what, uh, you know, what we're facing and, you know, letting their leadership and their maturity uh, help uh, prepare us. Coach, thank you so much for your time. I, uh, I appreciate the insight and enjoy the conversation. Thank you again. Appreciate it, Jason. Take care. All right, that was ECU head coach Mike Houston. We'll take a break. Back to wrap things up from outside Lavelle Edwards Stadium when we return to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. 
All right, that's going to do it for me. On the other side, the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. That's coming up next with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good evening, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the campus of Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah, as tonight BYU looks to stop a three-game slide as the Cougars host East Carolina. A team coming off back-to-back wins with a collection of offensively prolific players while BYU comes in minus its leading receiver and running back. It's a significant challenge for a BYU team seeking to rediscover its edge and get one game closer to bowl eligibility. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Rubel. I'm sitting alongside the former BYU quarterback, the slinging, scrambling southpaw, Riley Nelson. And Riley, a few weeks ago... Tonight's game did not loom so large. BYU was 4-1, and one, ranked 16th nationally. Three straight losses later, BYU now still two wins away from the six needed for postseason play. The injuries continue to pile up. Coaching assignments modified and confidence understandably shaken. This is a huge game now for BYU. I think it's also a huge game for Cougar Nation in two ways. One, the the team on the field needs to rekindle the belief in the uh, from the fans, and the fans need to exercise their belief tonight. When you experience a skid like this, there is nothing better that the doctor can order than a home game on a Friday night where you're the only show in town. So I'm hoping that Lavelle Edwards Stadium does its job tonight, that the players feed off that energy and they do their job, and the skid has ended and the ship is righted at least partially uh, with this ninth game of the season. Coming up after the break, we'll get the pregame perspective of BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues for big time banking with a home team feel. Zions Bank is for you. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Once again, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We are live inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo ahead of BYU and ECU. Third meeting all-time. BYU beat the Pirates here in 2015, then lost at ECU in 2017. That game was the final game of a seven-game losing streak that uh, that season BYU comes into tonight's game on a three-game skid. Next week, the Cougars visiting resurgent Boise State. Time now for my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. It's brought to you by Zions Bank for big-time banking with a home team feel. Zions Bank is for you. And tonight... Kalani talks about what it will take to get BYU back on track against an ECU team playing some good football with some great offensive players. Yeah, I think just to do what they've been doing in practice, you know, this, especially the stuff I saw on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday uh, from, from our team. I think we'll, we do that, and, and, you know, on offense, Jaron looked right, and offensive line looked right. We, we did some good on good this week, and uh, had Og go versus the D um, quite a bit, and so uh, just trying to get the intensity back and get the uh, that feedback that we had earlier in the in the season. So um, we were able to do that, and everyone on defense does it one eleventh. Uh, I think we'll be fine on offense. Just don't worry, don't put so much pressure on yourself, and and just Jaron be Jaron, you know. And, and uh, regardless of who's running routes and who's running the ball, we need that O line to step up and, and and to take care of things. Uh, we talked about how they're a strength for us early in the season. They got to be strength for us tonight. How would you describe what you think your team's collective headspace is right now? No, I think they're really good right now. I think, um, you know, it, when when uh, when uh, when basically there's enough noise out there that 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 uh, not always in support 
I think it's good for these guys. I think it's good to keep them humble. And now they look at each other. They, they realize, uh, you know, that, that uh, it's a little bit humbling for them and that there's nothing wrong with being humble. Uh, but the, now they're relying on each other and um, and relying on, on, on performing for the, the, the true fans that are out there, the loyal supporters. So. Whether it's a chip or an edge, does getting the four and four kind of bring something, bring that out of you a little bit? Yeah, I think the uh, well, you have no choice, but it's either it's in the moment where you're you fight or flight. So, in that situation, the fighters will be on the field, you know, and and they'll work hard and they'll have tons of energy and they're not worried about the the record or the past. They're working worried about tonight and getting this game. How good is this uh, five and three ECU team that comes into Provo? Really good. I mean, they 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 played uh, North Carolina State. Close game, one point game. Right? Yeah, and they should have. They had a field goal at the end of it to win. Um, very, very experienced quarterback. I mean, this guy's been around for a long time, and a lefty that, that can sling the ball. And they, I said, you've heard me say it in the past that uh, this past week that he, there's a little bit of a run and shoot air raid type of uh, philosophy to this offense, but they also can hurt you with the run game. They have big O line. Their O line is really heavy. Uh, you know, pretty much everyone on the O line is above the uh, that guard and tackles above. Three 320 and so long and strong and big big targets at receiver and, and big talented tight end so uh this is a good good um good challenge for our defense and and uh, we have to be ready for it but i think if we just do our job and stop focusing so much on the opponent focus on what we can do uh, ourselves and then uh, understanding the scouting of the opponent more importantly than the than the individual performance of our defense and and and, and the individuals on the team we do it collectively as a group all 11 guys one last word about the opponent uh, schematically. Defensively, they'll probably pressure, or at least they have pressured on more than half of their snaps this year. Yeah, and if you watch film and see teams that have had success against our offense, pressure is the way to go. So uh, we expect them to bring a lot of pressure. And, uh, you know, the pressure is uh, usually a feast or fireman type of deal. So hopefully uh, you, when they pressure, we can take advantage of it and make them hurt. Down a couple of players on offense, uh, Chris Brooks and Cody Epps notably, uh, and, and Gunnar Romney, what's his situation? Yeah, not sure if... Gunnar Romney's going to go tonight, but um, we do have a number of other players that, that we can count on, and, and with Puka and Keanu and and Cosper and Chase, and so there's guys that can play. And Lopini's back at running back for us, and so you know he and Miles will 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 take a, a, a share of the load there at running back, and I'm sure Mason Fakahua will have a, 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 a you know a role tonight. But um, you know the guys, like I said, we have a lot of talent, we have depth. Uh, now it's for others to step up and take those take advantage of their opportunities. Opportunities. Testing your depth at linebacker. You're already down Peyton Wilgar. Uh, Max Tooley won't go tonight? Max Tooley's out for tonight and um, just banged up. Just, and then we'll have to evaluate it and see if this is going to be a uh, an extension, You know, if it's going to be an injury that's going to affect him next week and the week after. So uh, it's one of those things where we have to just trust him to, the doctors and, and uh, do what's right for him. If you know anything about Max, he never wants to miss a game. And so, um, But unfortunately, he's not, he's not able to go tonight. So uh, opportunity for Chaz IU to be in the game, and, and also for uh, young guys and guys that, that have that have had, had you know that, that that we felt good about depth wise. So we'll see what happens tonight, but I think uh, young guys will step up and be able to make plays. Yeah, Chaz got his first action of the season last week. It's his first start of the season this week. How do he look to you? Yeah, really good. And I, I think the uh, you know he got cleared and, and was able to do some reps last week. Not not as many as he's going to do tonight, um, but the goal is to still keep him at four games and to redshirt him. 
Okay. BYU's had some good games on the Friday night lights, and here you go with a Friday night game. Yeah, it's nice to be back in nighttime and, and uh, be back at home. And, um, you know, our guys are, 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 are hungry for this, for this game. It, I'm just really excited that their approach to it. And, and we've had some really cool people that have been involved in, in, uh, in getting our guys motivated. I think this is going to be an opportunity for them to show and, and just show appreciation to everybody that, that supports them and loves them. And it's another opportunity for us to go play ball. So I just want to get at it and have our guys perform and, and, and do their best tonight. Anybody you want to share that uh, helped motivate your guys? Well, I'll probably share it after the, in our okay. show. But I, I think the key is just have our guys just, just realize that the, the opportunity that they have, be grateful for it, and really count your blessings, right? So th- th- this is an opportunity for them to count their blessings and make them count by going out there and, and performing and, and just having a good time doing it because that's the way you show gratitude to the ones that sacrifice so much for them. All right, Kalani, thank you for the preview. Good luck on this one. We'll talk to you post-game. Go Cougs. That's BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. The new Tracost Cougar kickoff show coming up next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're listening to the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show. NutraCost, the official supplement provider of BYU Athletics. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello and good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium under the Friday night lights as we bring you 4-4 four and four BYU versus 5-3 and three ECU. BYU playing for its first win in the month of October after a four-win September. BYU last had a winless October in 2014. This is the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show presented by NutraCost, the official supplement provider of BYU Athletics. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson with you in the broadcast booth. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens joining us from the sidelines and the Zions Bank end zone for big-time banking with a home team feel. Zions Bank is for you. Our Cougar Canyon and scoreboard host is Jason Shepard. Our booth engineers, Michael Wimmer and Clark Jackman. Studio and Cougar Canyon engineer is Barry Squires. Our spotter is McKay Perry. Our statistician is Ralph Sokolowski. Our coordinating producer, Terry South. Control board operators, Corbin Radford and Logan Gardner. Our broadcast interns are Shiler Johnson at the stadium, Jared Call at BYU Radio, and our special broadcast assistant tonight is Nick Gurney. You are tuned in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship is BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Our Salt Lake City over-the-air flagship, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You can listen as well on the BYU Radio app, the KSL app, the BYURadio.org website, plus our network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. And be sure to subscribe to the BYU Football Podcast for broadcast archives and highlights. You can also get those on the BYU Radio app and at BYURadio.org. So lots of ways to listen to us live and on demand. Well, it was after Arkansas, the Arkansas home loss, that uh, Kalani Sitake took over the defensive play calling. But the result at Liberty uh, wasn't greatly different. So clearly the guys on the headset, uh, that's not the difference maker, even though some defensive players might have hoped or expected that the change would have some kind of magical effect. It did not. And Riley, that may be a good thing for BYU in the end who have to realize that it's about the players, I think, uh, and more of them making plays. Uh, yes, schematics have to be acknowledged, and, and more pressures could certainly help BYU defensively, but every player has to look internally right now. 
Yeah, and I think they'll first they have to know that they have it inside them, uh, and maybe the soul searching that had gone on this week is how did we lose it? Like, where was what was there that had us go four and one in September that we lost uh, on our way to what is currently a winless October? So uh, the soul searching is never bad. Listen, this is why football, in my opinion, is the greatest team sport ever invented. It requires a total investment, physical. You put your body on the line, mental. It is extremely grueling to not only you know be cardiovascular fatigue but also muscle fatigue because you're bumping up against other behemoths of men and then lastly emotionally you have to be activated and ready to play every game because if you're not you're going to get beat so uh, I think the Cougars have done some work on trying to find answers to those questions and we'll see if they answer them tonight well BYU's defensive performance has been recently troubling uh, because of the number of players and coaches that came back from last season and after a week uh, that week two win over Baylor the hopes had to be high, but the Oregon game kind of exposed BYU a bit, and then the defense has been kind of spiraling since. The total defense ranks 103rd. Scoring defense 109th. Pass efficiency defense 111th. Rush defense 117th. Sacks 123rd. Tackles for loss 124th. First down defense 127th. Fourth down defense 128th. Third down defense 128th. And against a highly ranked offensive team like ECU, well, on this Halloween weekend, that's spooky. <laughs> Is it ever? And uh, they're here in, in uh, black and white uniforms. They almost kind of look like a, a spooky ghosts. Or, uh, you wonder if they almost played into the holiday a little bit. The other thing, Greg, you mentioned the Oregon game. The scheme is very similar to Oregon. Now, the reality is no one knows this better than the players and the coaches, and no one knows better the mistakes that they made against Oregon and how to correct them here tonight. But uh, if you're looking for a get-right game, ECU is not going to lay down for you and just allow you to get back on track. You're going to have to be all in tonight and not just all in coming into it, but prove it on the field and play a total 60 minutes to beat this ECU Pirates team. Really earn it. We'll have more of the NutraCost Cougar kickoff show straight ahead. But before the break, a reminder to go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The NutraCost Cougar kickoff show continues right after this. Live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar Broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU home to ECU tonight, and in the last segment we outlined some of BYU's defensive struggles, but the offense is also now suddenly in need of a spark. The Cougs coming off a season-low 14 points at Liberty, and in three of BYU's four losses this season, the Cougs have scored 20 or fewer. Kalani's teams have now lost 21 straight when scoring fewer than 21 points. Riley, the 14-point game at Liberty followed a 35-point performance against SEC foe Arkansas. So I really didn't see last week coming. And now we won't see Chris Brooks or Cody Epps or Gunnar Romney, all three out injured. And they're leading BYU, at least Brooks and Epps are, in rushing and receiving yards respectively. Which is crazy. I mean, Cody Epps is a nice surprise. I think most Cougar fans out there are comforted to know that Puka Nakua will be lining up. And then the big games to Chase Roberts. And even Braden Cosper has a century mark game on the season. So uh, 
uh, while it's not his full complement of weapons, Jaron does has weapons at his disposal. The biggest thing for me is I think it's obvious. You, ECU struggles against the pass, giving up 280 yards a game. They're very stout against the run. We've seen BYU abandon the run multiple times previously in this season, and it hasn't quite been uh, you know, as successful as a strategy as they would have hoped. So I'm hoping tonight they can find ways with Miles Davis getting back, I think, into full swing from the midseason injury that he struggled to not completely abandon the run game. This BYU offense is best when they are balanced. So in spite of missing Epps and Brooks and Romney, as you mentioned, between Davis, Nakua, Roberts, Rex, and Cosper, that, and then ultimately Jaron Hall distributing the ball amongst those five weapons, they can find balance and success tonight. Time now for tonight's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature. At Hyatt Place Provo, your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And BYU remains very comfortable with its ball security. Among FBS teams that have played eight games, BYU's tied for the national league with fewest giveaways with five. BYU's been giveaway free in five of eight games this season and 13 of the last 26 games overall. We're back with more of the Nutricost Cougar Kickoff Show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now, back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and ECU coming up just after the top of the hour. Friday Night Lights here in Provo. It's time to note this unusual stat. While BYU has lost seven of its last ten day games and all of its day games this year, the Cougs have won 13 straight night games and 14 consecutive home night games. In the Kalani Sitake era, BYU's never lost at home to a team at night, a team that came in uh, from the Eastern time zone. Uh, of course, this is all just trivia. Uh, it's not actual tactics or schematics. It's just trivia. But, Riley, when you're on a three-game losing streak, you look at the positive trends wherever you can find them. First of all, I think uh, as a baseball fan that you are, that to me feels like a baseball stat where you just keep digging and qualifier <laughs> after qualifier after qualifier in honor of Game 1 of the World Series kicking off here tonight. But uh, you, you do. You have to find positivity. You have to find things to build on. The, the world can get quickly. It can feel like it's crushing down around you when you experience skids like this. But this is something that, as I've been part of the BYU program, they have experienced over the years. And the majority, not every time, the majority, because of the maturity level of this team, because of the history of the program, the pride that is carried by donning the Y on the side of your helmet, more often than not, the vast majority of the time, these players are able to dig down, find that positivity, regain that confidence, and uh, you know, shake off the bad voodoo that has been uh, plaguing them the last three weeks. Time for a break. He is Riley Nelson. As we head to break, it's time for tonight's Player to Watch, brought to you by VidAngel. Skip offensive content in movies and shows when you watch with VidAngel. Learn more at vidangel.com. And Riley, who's your player to watch in tonight's game against ECU? To me, it's... uh, it's not just your playmakers, but also your veteran playmakers. And I, as I look across the compliment, without going with the obvious of Jaron Hall, it's Isaac Rex. I feel like they've been able to get him more involved over the middle of the field with Cody, and especially because with Cody Epps being out, who's had a lot of success between the hashes in the receiving game, I think Isaac Rex is the most logical choice to step up. Plus that, I know he's a leader who's very well respected from his team. So whether or not he has an eight-reception night or he just provides that spark, energy, and leadership on the sideline to get 
get this offense back to where they're scoring 30-plus points a game. Isaac Rex is our player to watch. Coming up, we'll head down to field level and hear from Mitchell Jurgens as the NutraCost Cougar kickoff show continues right after this, live from the Edwards Stadium in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And down to the Cougar Marching Band for tonight's National Anthem. moments away. It'll be interesting if tonight's game is close enough to require a crucial kick because these two teams struggle more than almost any other teams nationally in the kicking game. BYU is only 6 for 11 on field goals. Five misses between 33 and 38 yards. Two missed PATs. BYU last attempted a field goal on September 29th. ECU meantime 8 for 12 on field goals along of only 32 and 5 missed PATs. Well, I know international sport fans have been clamoring that Ameri- that Americans take rename the sport off football, right? Because they believe that it's soccer is the appropriate name. With this with these kind of numbers, they maybe they have a case <laughs> because the neither of these teams have found much much success off the foot of their kickers. I think uh, both of those coaches as you intro the that stat Greg are hoping that it doesn't come down to a kick and if it does, it could make for some exciting football and these offense these coordinators and head coaches making decisions to put the ball in the hands of their quarterback rather than in the on the foot of their kicker and BYU is again still waiting for their first field goal try in the month of October. Let's head down now to field level and former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for big time banking with a home team feel. Zions Bank is for you and Mitch. ECU, no joke on offense. QB Holton Aylers, the only active FBS QB with 12,000 plus passing yards and 1,000 plus rushing yards. ECU wide receiver Isaiah Winstead, one of only three FBS players with 50 catches and 800 or more yards through the air. ECU, one of only two FBS schools with multiple players with 650 plus receiving yards. Running back Keaton Mitchell, meantime, one of only three FBS players with 100 or more carries, six and a half yards per carry, and eight or more rushing touchdowns. BYU, meantime, well, they're shorthanded on offense. No uh, Cody Epps, no Gunnar Romney, no Chris Brooks. Mitch, it's going to take a monumental effort to match yards and scores with the Pirates here in Provo tonight. Yeah, Greg, I'm, I'm expecting a, a BYU versus Arkansas-like shootout today. Um, despite BYU being shorthanded, though, they have enough talent to fill in the gaps and will need to rely on some key guys to keep up with ECU's pace that we'll likely see from that powerful offense, as you, as you mentioned there. 
Um, expect a lot of touches from Puka Nakua, both in the receiving and rushing games, uh, with some key losses, as you mentioned, too, uh, in Cody Epps, Gunnar Romney, and Chris Brooks. I'm hoping we see Aaron, Rod- Aaron Roderick get creative to figure out some ways to get Puka and, and, and his other playmakers the ball down the field and in space, especially on third downs as they'll need to sustain drives to keep up. Um, as for the defense, they're going to have to dig deep and be disciplined to do their 111th, as we hear so many BYU players and Kalani talk about, because it's not going to be one player who makes the difference tonight, but rather a collective and team effort to slow down this ECU offense. Good stuff, Mitch. Thank you. That is Mitchell Jurgens Coming up next, Riley Nelson's forward keys to the game, starting lineups and the opening kick. This has been the new Tracost Cougar kickoff show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.